be anxious for nothing. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. This is a scripture I know you can recite in the sleep of your sleep by now. All right. And he, talking about Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. This month, by God's grace, we examine the prayer of supplication. We examine the prayer of petition. It is very important for us as believers to understand what God's will for us is, according to his word, in accordance with his word. Glory to God. Our anchor text in the month of April is Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7. Philippians, it's a scripture I'm sure you know. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. This is Paul instructing all right, let's go to scripture. It says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Another rendition says, be anxious for nothing. Another translation says, do not worry about anything. It says, but in everything. Somebody say everything. It means concerning every situation. The reason why we are starting this way is we've, we've heard people reinvent scripture and say things like, you don't talk to God about your wants you talk to God only about your needs. It sounds nice, it makes sense, but it's not scriptural. There is no scripture, all right, that demarcates the deep. So uh, what is want and what is need? It says, scripture says, in everything, everything that is in the will of God for you, whether you call it want or need, as far as your destiny in God is concerned, it is a necessity for life and for godliness. How, therefore, he says in everything, he says the only reason you will not be able to worry, the cure for your anxiety is that by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I'm sure we know what with thanksgiving means. He says let your requests, let your petitions be made known unto God now, by the time we begin to break this down, it is not to come and inform him. For the creator of the heavens and the earth knows all things. By saying, be made known, he say, let it be presented unto him. In faith, with thanksgiving, let your petitions, let your supplications, let your requests come to the Father. He says, as a response to effective supplication, there will be a release of peace. That the peace of God that surpasses all human reasoning. That's what it means there. It says the, the kind of calm you will have, it's the kind of calm that can make you sleep in the midst of a storm. It's the kind of calm that can make you rejoice in the midst of a pandemic. It's the kind of, it's the kind of calm that, that can make you have a song of worship. Immediately you just receive the terrible news. It says it will make sense. It passes all reasoning. It says it shall keep. The word keep there is rendered in some translations to give us a, a proper understanding. Many people don't know this. Many people don't know this. I, I'm a military man. Let's, let's just put it that way. Say, ah. All right. So my primary education, military. Secondary education, military. When I see the word garrison, I know what it means. It says that this peace will, it will mount guard. 
around your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which doesn't make sense. Pardon me to paraphrase it that way. The peace of God, which, does, which is not logical, it says it will guard and keep your hearts from what? From anxiety, from worry. Help it up your neighbor again and say, be anxious for nothing. This month, we unveil the secrets to a worry-free life. To a worry-free life. So, by God's grace, we will lay initial bricks this evening. We'll build further in the coming weeks. And I trust that the Lord will bless us. I trust that the Lord will change us. I trust that these truths will be real in our lives. That someone will not see you as a child of God and say, where is your God? You look like your God is very dead. You look like he doesn't, like he doesn't hear you. You, 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 you look defeated. The child of God, the believer in Christ Jesus is an epitome of victory. Your posture is victory. Your words are victory. Your countenance is victory. Your emotions is victory. Everything is victory unrelated to your circumstance. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry. Do not worry. This is, a, this is a word for someone. I know you have good reason to, but the word of God says do not worry. You know, you investigate and understand the culture of a people by looking at the native words in that culture. Look at the native words in that culture. When you tell people do not worry, or when you want to tell someone, why are you worrying? There are some languages that it is translated or transliterated as do not think. Do not think. Or, oh, you, you hear people say, oh, you are thinking too much. What they mean is you are worrying too much. So the scriptures encourage us not to worry. However, scriptures encourage us to think. That, that's just to settle it for someone. We're not saying don't think. We're not saying don't plan. But what the word of God is saying to you is that do not, do not, do not wrap up your life like you are, you are helpless. Like things, no, no. It says you have no reason to worry. You have no, absolutely no reason to be anxious. Because you have a father that genuinely and truly cares about you. Now let's look at this in context. These guys that Paul had written to, we know, we know we are Bible students. And if you want to find out what was going on or what led to this, you can read Acts chapter 16. It tells us about Paul appearing in this city, this one of the, one of the foremost cities in the, in the area of Macedonia. It tells us about the people he met at Philippi. We, when, when you hear the story about Lydia, the lady in purple, all right, the, the, this was it. When you hear about Paul and Silas being locked up, it was in this city. When you hear that they were locked up and suddenly at midnight they sang, they praised, it was in this city. When you hear that they were released, you know, after being flogged, and Paul said, no, we're going nowhere. I'm a Roman citizen. And the guard said, ah! It was in this city. They had raised disciples. They had, they had preached the word. Some had believed. They had done miracles there. But the great man of God who had raised these people was now in prison. He had been locked up in chains. And he bound at the audacity to tell those who were outside to not worry. Hey, Paul, 
We should be the one, <laughs> we should be the one writing to you. I mean, in context, they had just sent a gift to him. They had sent a love gift to him to, through Epaphroditus. There are some nice names in Scripture. Glory to God. All right. I'm sure part of the message through Epaphroditus should have been, please encourage Paul. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have smiled. You need encouragement from Paul. The man is bawling. <laughs> in pre- Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Let me just show you two, two, two things quickly. And then we'll go into this prayer of petition in context. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, all the way to verse 14. Thank you. It says, but I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me are falling out rather unto the forgeries of the gospel. This is the mindset of the believer. The enemy believes that I shall be here complaining. I am saying here that God has orchestrated this for my good. The enemy arranged for this to result in me mourning. I am here saying God has orchestrated this for his glory. He's saying there is a kind of peace that I will have that people will be checking on you. Are you fine? Are you okay? Are you in denial? Have you moved on as reality sets in? I am saying check today, check next month, check five, check ten years. Glory to God. I am not just okay. I am advancing his cause. This is all in line for my good. It is all in line for his glory. He says, I know I'm in chains. You, you, the postal code on this gift you sent has prisons on it. Yes, it is true. He says, but it has worked together to further the gospel. I don't know who is on that. I, I heard the story of a man of God who received a funny diagnosis and was in the hospital. And he got there and was complaining. He was complaining. He said, God, no, not me. I shouldn't be sick. I know what your word says. Not me. And the Spirit of God said, what do you mean by not you? He said, not me, not me. I shouldn't. I know what I've been called to do. I'm meant to be preaching the gospel. I'm meant to be healing the sick. As he said, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. Then the Spirit of God said, preaching the gospel to who? Healing the sick where? He got the message. I'm here on assignment. With these drips and with the connections, with little strength, <laughs> glory to God. It's, there was strength in the spirit, man. The body was weak. The body was undergoing treatment. But there was stature that had been built in the spirit. So he got up, bed one, bed two. They had to call emergency meetings. <laughs> they said, no, no, no. We brought this guy here to tame him. But what, what we've literally, and see, hear me, child of God, you can never be tamed. You, your wings cannot be clipped. You were made to soar. Wherever, whenever, at all times, in all situations, God is working it out for his glory. He says in verse 13, So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. He's saying, boy, get, people are getting saved here. The guards are speaking in tongues. The gospel is forging. He says that I've started a fire here. You might think I'm in the prison. I've started a fire here. You might think I'm renting a basement. I've started a fire here. You might think I'm still struggling. I've started a fire here. You might think that I'm still broke. I've started a fire here. You might think I'm still doing casual work. I've started a fire here. You made a mistake, but I am here. I am doing his glory. I will not be worried. Be anxious for nothing. You can see the thinking. He says in verse 14. Many of the brethren in the Lord are waxing confident by my bonds, my chains. He said they are bolder to speak. They are bolder to speak without fear. Just hold yourself and say it's working out for my good. And it's working out for his glory. Come and say it like you believe. Some of you need to put it in the chat. It is working out for my good. 
and it is working out for his glory. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Looking at our time over the next few minutes, we'll go through a few foundational thoughts that will prepare us for next week, Wednesday, how the prayer of petition is done. Prayer is not the believer informing God. You don't come to say, God, they're going to sack me. I just got to, no, 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 it's not information session. It's not information session. Let me share with you some things the Spirit of God laid on my heart on what anxiety is, and then we'll go into some of the points that I want us to, to use as the bricks for this introduction. Anxiety. What exactly is anxiety? What exactly is anxiety? I wrote here, anxiety is the account balance when faith and trust are exhausted and hopelessness is allowed to thrive. I'll say that again. Anxiety is the account balance when faith and trust are exhausted and hopelessness thrives. Let's say that one more time. Anxiety is the account balance when faith and trust are exhausted and hopelessness thrives. That's definition one. Someone needs to write that down and you remind yourself, my God is not dead, he's not on leave, his word never fails. I cannot exhaust faith. I cannot exhaust putting my trust in him. There is no room for hopelessness here. Someone is saying, pity, but it's tough sometimes. I know it's tough sometimes, but his grace is strong sometimes. <laughs> Glory to God. All times, his faithfulness remains. I've been there. I see, see I'm, a, I'm, I'm a living testimony that God's grace is real. It is very true. It is very true. It is very true. It is very true. The enemy throws you a rock, boom, and you take the rock, and you start singing, the Lord is my rock and my salvation. They throw you arrow, you, you pick it again. No weapon. And they're just wondering, how can, see, a child, they can't get you. You don't understand. A child of God cannot be God. Woo! Someone needs to, 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 to preach that. I can't be God. Someone is saying, PD, good English, good English, good English. So you can, when you do your own, just add E-N to your own. Praise God. I said, praise God. Anxiety is the byproduct of disorder. Anxiety is the byproduct of disorder. Anxiety is the byproduct of, that means where, where you see things scattered, you will see anxiety there. It's a byproduct of disorder. Number three, anxiety is the technology of the enemy to rob you of your present and of the future simultaneously. You are just there. What if? What if the pandemic does not end? What if we go into another lockdown? What if the vaccines don't work? What if we all become zombies? What if the government shuts down? What if our house prices skyrocket? What if we are evicted? What if we are given a quick notice? What if, if they ask me to leave? What if, like, a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs? Boy, what if the Lord blesses you? What if the Lord changes your story? What if the Lord turns it around and it is like a dream? This is the meditation of champions. And that's why I am here. He says it is done with thanksgiving, not with murmuring. It's not petition, supplication with a flavor of murmuring. And saying, God, if you don't, if you don't do it, I'm gone. 
If you don't show up now, forget it. God, I'm giving you one last chance. That's not petition. Definitely not supplication. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, I'm sure you have your notepads. I'm sure you've been taking notes already. But if you've not, I want you to write down these notes and make out time to reflect on them. The foundational thoughts as we begin this conversation on living a life that is absolutely free of worry. Someone is saying, is it possible? Is it possible to absolutely not have to worry? Yes, according to God's word, we can be anxious for nothing. And we will see exactly how by the word of God. The prayer of supplication and the prayer of petition. The number one point that the Lord would have us unveil this evening is that God is interested and God is invested in your well-being. I will say that as simple as it sounds, there are believers who, who genuinely believe that God is out to look for the next tough thing to make happen to them. They are reading scriptures and they are, they, there is a guiding light that points them to all the toughest, toughest toughs. And they are saying, I am, I am, it, it has been revealed to me, it was prophesied that, and, and you are saying, no, 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 find your real self in scripture. Find your truth. There are some who believe that the Holy Spirit sincerely, and I, I, I do not kid you not, I'm not being sarcastic. There are many that the dimension of their working with the Spirit of God is as though he's just this, this, this taskmaster looking for the next arch thing, looking for the next thing to tell me to stop doing. When will the Spirit of God ask you to start doing things? You need to settle this. It needs to sink deep subconsciously that God wants me well. And I'm, and I'm happy that we can discuss this confidently because we've laid the bricks on what prayer is. We've laid the bricks on thanksgiving, on worship. We've laid the bricks on intercession. We've, we've laid the bricks on spiritual warfare. So we now get to the point where God wants me well. I need it to sink in. I am his child. I'm his own. I bear his name. I bear his marks upon me. I represent his kingdom. He wants me well. My God is responsible for me. Someone is saying, PD, this sounds a bit, a, a bit selfish. No, rewire your mind and accept the fact that God wants you well. God wants you well. God wants you well. You, you know, it's amazing. When Jesus was instructing his disciples, they had noticed he was always going to the mountain to do this thing. This thing called prayer. You know, John had taught his disciples. He said the scribes also had their own version. He said, but Jesus, you need to teach us. And he says, you will pray after this manner. Our Father who art in heaven. As a model, as a model there. I'm not going to be tempted to break that down. But the point I want to make is at some point, having established this kingdom, having established worship, having submitted to his sovereignty, having agreed that you are doing this in faith, having done all of that, there is a point that he says, give us. Many believers have a problem with that. They, they, they say very proudly, I never pray for myself. It is not scriptural. We are breaking some, some molds this evening with God's armor here. Coming from the same altar pulpit where we've discussed Thanksgiving intercession, that you have to take this as God's will for you. Which is why there, there is a logistic dimension. And I'll keep saying this. You, you can only do this by the Spirit. Because 
for you to see there when when you begin to have a sense of God's destiny in your life and you know that there are nations connected to me you will know that you need to be well in order for those nations to be well there are things that I said is there are things we are not yet doing in this ministry because you stopped praying for yourself there are resources that the kingdom of God platforms that we've not taken the gospel to just because the enemy has convinced you that it is selfish. It is not selfish. It is scriptural. It's just not our priority. Our priority is not us or our way. Our priority is him and his will. And when the spirit of God nudges you and says that, bring your strong reasons, do petition, supplication, you say, yes, Lord. And this is not materialistic. We'll get there. When, when most people talk about prayer, what they really mean is petition. So here things like, we are still going to pray, but let's worship. But we know, we know, we've been taught that prayer is not when I start asking. However, I will ask, <laughs> not for me, that's, that's what you need to see. Not for me. This is, this is no more about me. This is no longer about me. The Lord will begin to stretch your mind. And you begin to see that this is no longer about me. This is no longer about my family. This is no longer about my wife. This is no longer about my kids. This is no longer about my job or my livelihood. This is not about my rent or my mortgage. There, is, there are bigger things at stake here. And I will need to begin to get into the will of the Father enough to see my role. And to receive empowerment to play my part. Number one, God is interested. God is, do, do not feel guilty when you have to do petition and supplication. Do not feel any form of guilt. You are talking to your father. Let it sink in. I am talking to my father. Matthew chapter 6. Of course you know. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. Matthew Chapter 6, verse 31, it says, Therefore, take no thought, do no worrying, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? It says that these are the core things that the Gentiles, by Gentiles there, please read it as unbelievers. It says these are the things unbelievers, this, this is the predominant content of their mind. The next meal, the next drink the next designer clothes, the next car, and they are in a constant rat, rat race of no fulfillment. It says, for your heavenly father knows that you have need. Can you see this? This scripture already breaks the theology of want because it says what we will eat, what we will drink, what will be clothed are considered needs. It says the, the, main, the main issue here is Priority. Verse 33, if they can put it on my screen. Verse 33. It says, your father knows, he knows that you have need of these things. In verse 33, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Somebody say, all these things. Oh, I need you to say it like you believe it. Somebody say, all these things. So God wants you well. God wants you well. God wants you well. God is interested. Everyone is invested in your well 
being. Romans chapter 8, let's see verse 31. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. we we'll read verse 31 and 32. It says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, I need it to sink in. See, the consciousness of who your father is, it changes the game. Just mentioned to you earlier, I went to military school. In a period when my country was under military administration. So some of the children of the governors, or as they were called then, military administrators, were some of our colleagues in school. So one day, the AO, I don't want to get too technical, the administrative officer is a captain. I think captains are three stars. All right. The commandant is a colonel. Colonel. All right. The governor is a high-ranking lieutenant or brigadier general. One day. One day. Somebody say one day. <laughs> hey! See, the, the consciousness of who your father is, it changes your courage. It changes your posture. And it reminds you that I might be in the pit. It doesn't change the fact of who my father is. It doesn't change the... I might be a slave saying yes, sir, to Potiphar. All right? It doesn't put any dent on... I will do it joyfully. I might be walking in a funny place where I don't want you to see my face and I'm just... No, 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 no. You come see my face. I'm very happy to serve you today. I just know this is not where my story ends. I will do this with joy. I will do this with gladness. In this place, I will walk out his glory. It might not be the best place. I will walk out his glory. One day... Whether it was the RSM, the RSM is a, is a regimented sergeant major. Lower rank punished the whole class. And the child of the governor was punished along with the whole class. Hmm. The people that knew, knew that you have touched. They said, wahala, it's like bicycle. You've touched something, you've touched something. They were, you know when you are being flogged and you are being punished, but you are pitying the one flogging you. You are pitying him. He flogged the child of the governor. Hmm. This day I'm saying, I can, <laughs> I can picture it in my head. The next day, it was assembly ground. Sirens blasted into the gate. Sirens. Say, you touched the wrong Hey, the, I kid you not. The colonel, the captain, they, they started running from... You know you know the sound. <laughs> Save the trumpet should make an uncertain sound. We will prepare for battle. They knew the sound. They knew the rank that was coming in. Only that this was not on schedule. We are not expecting a general glory to God. He said, but you told my son. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See? This is how the child of God thinks. God has given me the best and most expensive. Nothing that I want or need is superior to Christ. You can imagine how that story ends. Let's just leave it that way. And never again. Never again. God wants me well. I'm his son. I'm his son. I'm his own. I'm, I'm, I'm God's child. Let it sink in. I'm his child. 
Let it sink in. I'm, I'm catered for. I'm not, I'm not anybody. I know sometimes the situations of life will make you ask yourself, am I, this, this is almost worse than what the prodigal son, I've been there at some point in my life, in some, in some very, 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 very tight corners and tight places where you're asking yourself, am I outside the will of God? Am I walking in disobedience? You're now beginning to audit, all right? The, the way the disciples came to Jesus and said, whose fault is it? Whose fault, really? What is going on? And, and uh, you're, you're asking yourself, boy, self asking yourself, you tell yourself, I am here for a purpose. I am here for a purpose. It doesn't change the fact that I am royalty. It doesn't change the fact that there's prime minister in my destiny. It doesn't change the fact that I am a deliverer. It doesn't change the fact that the nations will hear my voice. I might be in this tight corner, but that's my temporary location. God wants me well. Psalms 35 verse 27. Psalms 35. You know, some of these scriptures just sink in and you just want to shout. He spared not his son. How shall he not? How shall he not with him freely give? Psalms 35 verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy. Let them be glad. That favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified which has pleasure. Who is interested, who is invested in the well-being? When we see prosperity, was it last week, Saturday, we were saying this on the morning prayer. People just hear prosperity and just tune off. They just hear prosperity, money. And they are gone. Well, this is God's word to you. And this is not just money. He's saying your complete total well-being. Your father, your father takes pleasure in it. If you are not going to worry, you are going to have to saturate your mind with these thoughts. Remember, remember, in the same scripture that says don't worry. It was not saying no, don't think. When you get to verse 8, it tells you that you need to think. Because your thinking will be the cure of negative thinking. All right, number one, God is interested and invested in your well-being. Number two, a child of God must not feel guilty for desiring God's will. A child of God, I'm laying these bricks because by the time we get to prayer of petition and supplication, especially for those who have not joined us from the beginning, you, you might begin to sense, is this not the same selfish requests? Only that this time, it is no longer about me. When I submit, giving an example now, let's, and, and let me use food. Let me use healthy food, all right? So that, you know, okay, praise God. <laughs> let me use healthy food. If I submit a request that I want 10 plates, 10 plates of, let's say, um, what's common? Let's say rice and peas and oxtail. Some people have just pictured it now. This is why I don't like using food as a street. But let's just use it, please. Just bear with me for a minute. If I submit a request that I need 10 plates, immediately, immediately, you know the size of my family. You know the size of my family. And you know maybe we desire to keep a little. You know immediately that that is a selfish request. Now, if I ask for 1 million plates, immediately there is a trigger there is no amount of party that I can do in my house or even at an event that I will need one million plates for. Definitely, I am not asking for myself. 
Therefore, in my mind, I have crossed over from my subsistence, small existence, me, my, myself, thinking, and I've graduated my petition from a tool for serving selfishness to tool for serving kingdom advancement. That by the time I am asking for one million packs of food, everyone immediately knows that he's thinking of nations. She is thinking of nations. And this is where the church needs to, our, our, our smallness that has been exemplified in the things we are passionate about. You can literally install a volume recorder in an average church, I, I, not this church, glory to God. But if you pick any place at random, you can install a sound recorder and based on the intensity committed to the prayers, you can tell the real prayers the people want answered and the ones they don't truly care about. When you say, let's pray for a revelation of light, for a spirit of wisdom and understanding, brethren, pray. You see the noise level. People are saying, this light and, <laughs> and revelation thing, does it used to cover mortgage? Will it get me a new iPhone 12? Will, will it ensure I get a new job? That smallness. And then when you say, pray, for the help of your destiny to, to resurrect, to wake up. And then they just see the iPhone. They see the new job. They see the rent coming. And, and the volume just goes up suddenly. And God is, is looking at us. He's saying your, your, your hunger is showing me what you really care about. It's showing me what you really care about. However, for those who, remember, it says those who favor my righteous cause. Those who favor my right, those who have left subsistence, personal existence, and have graduated to advantage, they've seen their role there. They've seen their role. This is no longer about me. I'm no longer asking for 10 packs. I need, I need a million packs. There's nations to be fed. There are people to send. There are, there are, there are children that we need to go. That, as a ministry, we, we, we need to start stretching and thinking big and asking big. And we feel no guilt for it. We are going to be very blessed. It will be to the glory of God. And we will not apologize to no one. Did you hear that? <laughs> I need you to sink in. I said what, what, we, what you are seeing now, you've not seen anything yet. That's because this is not about us. The day, dear child of God, you discover yourself in his plan, you unlock his resources for the kingdom. And I pray that you will be that vessel. You will be that vessel that will favor his righteous cause. That favor is righteous cause means that we'll be committed to seeking his kingdom first. Mm. Do not feel guilty for desiring God's will. This is, not, this is not you being selfish. This is not you being ambitious. Our wills have died at the cross. We've picked up the, 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 the needs and the commitments of his kingdom. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Verse 24 and 25, for those writing, Luke chapter 15, we'll pick a few verses. Let's read 24, 25, and then we'll jump to verse 20, 20, 28. It says here that for this my son, this is a story we know, Luke 15 is the parable of the lost. Lost sheep, lost coin. This is the lost son. It says, for this my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, and is found, and they began to be merry. Verse 25, now the elder son was in the field. Can you see that? He was literally at work. And he came and drew nigh to the house. He heard music 
here dancing. There's a party today. There's rejoicing. The, the lost one has returned. Now let's jump to verse 28. It tells us that he was angry. I will not go in. <laughs> this is deep. Let's not be tempted to go there. He says he will not go in. Therefore, because he refused to go in, therefore came his father out and entreated him. Let's read verse 29 together. And he answering said to his father, This many years I have served thee. Can you see? He's, he's finally telling the father the reason why he was serving. The reason why he was going to church. The reason why he was waking up at 5 a.m. to pray. Amen. Glory to God. He says, Neither transgressed I at any time your commandments. He says, And yet, and yet, you didn't give me a kid. Kids there doesn't mean child, all right? He says that I might make merry with my friends. Can you imagine? It's amazing. This is how a lot of Christians feel. That's because they are in it for themselves. They are in it for themselves. He says, I never told you before, but the reason why I'm doing, the reason for this faithfulness is not really because I love the kingdom. He says in verse 30, but as soon as this, your son, was come. He says the same one that, that, he says in case you've forgotten. Look at the words he uses there. He says he has devoured thy living with harlots, lest you forget, father. Lest you forget. This, this person you are rejoicing over isn't as great. It's not worth celebrating. Now, compared to me, I'm up there. He says, but you've killed not just a kid for him. The fatted calf, the very special one. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you have your Bible, I want all of us to read verse 31 together. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. Hmm. All right. So this guy was slaving to earn a kid. The father said, you, you've not plugged into the family agenda. The family agenda here is kingdom agenda. You were running your own show, all of your transgressionlessness. Pardon my French. Your, your, your faithfulness was not seeking first the kingdom. Your consistency was not to favor my righteous cause. That's why you felt, it, it means if the father had given him a kid, he would have felt recognized. When the father is saying, all that I have is yours. All that I have. When the father is saying to us in KICC, the nation is yours. The continent is yours. The harvest is ready. All that I have is yours. Begin to stretch your mind. Begin to build capacity for what you, you are thinking, kid. You are thinking one little animal. I am thinking resources for a generation. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, boy. So the devil comes. You're being so ambitious. This is how they start. Before you know it, everything, everything. This is how it starts. No, 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 no nothing is starting. This is how this is how we progress. This is how we 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 see. Let's, let's watch what God is doing. 
Number one, God is interested and invested in your well-being. Number two, I need this to sink in. These are not just points to write down. Soak in these thoughts. These are, these are your pills. These are your antidepressants. This is, this is why you will not allow it to take root in you. Child of God must never feel guilty for desiring God's will. It's not my will. This is not ambition. I, there's, a, there's a statement I, I make a lot to my wife. Whenever I sense the Spirit of the Lord leading us to do something, and it seems bigger than our capacity, she, she would say very, very concernedly, are you sure this is the Lord leading us? And my reply is the same. I said, I am not intelligent enough to think this big. I am not ambitious enough to desire this level. It is the Spirit of God that has planted this in us. And we know there is no limit to his ability. We are the ones that need to stretch. We are the ones that need to stretch. We are the ones that need to enlarge our, our capacity. So that we are not thinking kid. Or even celebrating fatted calf. When he says, all that I have is yours. E, who spared not his son. What a father we have. What a common, just where you are, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am not my own. Thank you, Jesus. My father is responsible for me. I am not fatherless. I am not motherless. I am not hopeless. My father is responsible for me. Glory to God. These are the truths from God's word that keep us going. That someone in prison can write to people in their houses and tell them rejoice. Rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. He has seen something. Number three, I'm making good progress. Number three, it says, the outcome of our petition is dependent on the alignment of wills. If there's anything we've been repeating over the weeks, over the months on this conversation, is that prayer is not your avenue to insist on your will. When you come into his presence, there is a transformation that makes you become more like him. And as you become more like him, you begin to want what he wants. You begin to desire what he desires. You begin to love what he loves. You begin to detest what he detests. Your, your obsession is for his will. Such that when they print your desires and they print his desires, you are not sure which one was printed first. That is what it means to spend time in his presence. That is what it means for us to glow up. That is what it means for your face to be lightened. That is what it means to have favor before him. That you have seen his face, you have become, you have beheld there in, as in a mirror. You have been changed from glory to glory. There is a level of my way. There is a level of my time. There's a level of my capacity. And then I'm being transformed from glory to glory. Now I'm now operating at the frequency of his will. Operating at the frequency of his capacity. Operating at his frequency for the nations. His desire. All men. That all men. That all men. So I'm no longer thinking small. And I'm no longer praying small. That my will is dead. His will and his way has come alive. Such that I begin to see successful petitioning and supplications when what I am presenting. Ah. He says, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Made known. Not to inform him, but to say, your will is now my will. 
He says there will be a release of his peace. There will be a release of his peace. Hmm. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 27. First Kings. I think we need to move a bit faster now. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 27. First Samuel chapter 1, read verse 27. For this child I prayed. This is Hannah. As part of a song. For this child I prayed. God had a need. Anna had a need. God's will matched with a ready vessel. Petition was made. It says, and the Lord granted my petition. I don't want you to forget this point. You see results of your petition granted when there is an alignment of wills. When there is, I, I know before, glory to God. Now, before you get to this point, it's not all, it's not all rosy. Penina was busy bearing children. We don't know the name or the impact of any of those kids. She was loud in taunting. God bless Elkanah for being a perfect, gentle man. He says, but you, 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 you cannot love me out of God's destiny. You cannot be too concerned. You, you know, as far as Elkanah was concerned, Anna, you're good. I love you from the bottom. See, check. Anna is saying, this is not about you loving me. I carry, see, there is a prophet in me. And I don't know who's under the sound of my voice that this is for. Bless God for the people that love us, for the people that speak encouraging words. But boy, 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 has that penina not come to push you to the place of petition? Has that situation not pushed you to the place where you get back on your knees, on your knees and you're saying, God, I know what you said. I know what you said. I carry something that the nations must see. I carry a prophet that will speak your word and none of his words will fall to the ground. I've discerned your will and there is a coincision right here. Now I've made my petition. It says the Lord has given me. The Lord has granted me that which I asked of him. Hmm. First Kings chapter 2. First Kings chapter 2 verse 19. First Kings chapter 2. We want to see another story. When the wheels are not aligned, the petition will not be granted. In fact, let's see this story. This is, a, this is a very interesting story. You know, the word of God is so complete. I say this a lot because it is true. I'm tempted to give us the background leading to this story, but if, if you are not flowing with the understanding of what exactly is going on here, please make our time to read First Kings chapter 1 and chapter 2. David, the great warrior of Israel, David, the great king, David, who was so, oil was poured on his head three good times. Mighty man of valor, but he had done his bit. It was time for him to hand over, and one of his sons had self-proclaimed himself as king when David was alive. He couldn't wait. And then Bathsheba went to the king, took the prophet along, glory to God. I said, no, no, no. The real king was there. There's a mystery there. I said, didn't you see? Isn't it written? She brought forth her strong reasons. David said, no, 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 no. Even though I'm old, I'm tired. But no, no, no. He got up, saw to it that Solomon was installed as king. That's just a little background. All right. So let's, read, let's pick it up from verse 19. First Kings chapter 2 from verse 19. Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon. So this is the queen mother, as we would say. To speak unto him for Adonijah. Mm. This was the self-proclaimed king. 
X. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself. Can you see that? So you can see here that based on everything we have seen so far, whatever it is that his mom, the queen mother, was going to ask for. Let's just read it. The king rose up to meet her, bowed himself unto her, and then he sat down on his throne. That's a lesson for someone. You are reigning, you are ruling in your kingdom, on your throne, but you can get up and show honor. And then you go back and sit down. It doesn't reduce you. It doesn't change the fact that you are king. In fact, he's about to be king again when you read downwards. It says, and caused the seats to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. The right hand is a position of authority there. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. Remember what we said? We are on point number three. The outcome of the petitioning process will be an alignment of wills. Anna said, I, I, I petitioned for this son. You granted my petition. Why? God needed a prophet. I had a womb. Hmm. Verse 20. Then she said, I desire one small she said, it's a small, it, it won't, just a small, I have a little pity, I have a little favor. <laughs> I pray thee, say me not nay. That means, don't say no to me. The king said unto her, ask on my mother, for I will not say thee nay. Someone is reading this scripture and it's beginning to make sense. When Jesus said, you, are, you, 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 you have not seen, you have not received because you have not asked. It says, ask that your joy may be full. You see scriptures like, whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done. You know, and some, some of those scriptures bother believers. <laughs> but when revelation begins to come to you from scripture, that a king on his throne with his authority said, whatever you ask, I will do. But when he saw that the petition was out of alignment, because kingdom priorities come first. Verse 21. We will stop at verse 22. And she said, let Abishag, the Shunammite, be given to Adonijah, my brother, to wife. Ah, this is the petition. This is the petition. Verse 22. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, why do you ask <laughs> Abishag, the Shunammite, for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also. Immediately Solomon saw the will. He saw where this petition was going to. He said there is a major disalignment and if we allow this, this kind to go on, he says, for he is my elder brother, remember, even for him, and for Abiathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. Can you see wisdom at play here? This is, this is a simple petition to Bathsheba, but Solomon had read behind the lines. He said there is, there is, this is group work. And I see where this is going. If you are interested in what happens next, read the next few verses and see how the matter was treated. The point here is that Anna came. This was my petition. It was granted. Adonijah came, represented by a favorable intercessor, a favorable advocate with the commitment and the seal of the king. If Bathsheba said, give me your signature ring, say, take it, mother, it is done. Sign it, it is done. However, by the time the petition landed and it was not in alignment, the laws of eternal justice, immediately for the sake of the kingdom. He says no. He says no. He says no. Let me just say this. God will not partner with you to have your way. Everyone will not partner with you to prove a point. 
However, when you are ready <laughs> to partner with God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, a man, <laughs> a man appeared and Joshua went and said, he said, are you on the side of Israel's army? Are you against us? Are you for us as against us? And the commander said, I am the commander of the host of heaven's armies. He says, I am neither for you nor against you. The question is, is not whether I'm for you or against No. The question is, are you on the Lord's side? And when you read that story well, you will see that that was a theophany. Angels never accept worship in scripture. The Bible tells us Joshua bowed before him. If you ever, all right, if you ever, or in scriptures, where anybody bowed before a supernatural being, being an angel, the first thing they say is get up. They say fear not, and then they say get up. Do not worship me. He says, I am, I am like you, servant like you. That's what the angel told John in Revelations. All through scripture, you say get up, get up. Don't, we don't, angels cannot, we cannot accept worship. Get up. However, when worship is accepted, that means that was a theophany. All right. Some people got that. Number one, God is interested and God is invested in your well-being. Number two, as a child of God, do not allow, do not accept the lie that you are feeling guilty. You are feeling guilty. You are feeling guilty. And you are wondering, what exactly are we on earth for? The devil has sold the lie. You are on earth to suffer. You are on earth to be, the, the poorer you are on earth, the brighter your mansion in heaven. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the pit of hell. We are not materialistic people, yes. We are not here serving our own purposes. But, but the, the good things on this side of eternity and the, uh, the, the extent to which it affords us advancing God's kingdom is not for people with two heads. It's not for people with three heads. It's definitely not for people who do not have a God that they believe in. But we've been, we've been sold a lie. It's okay to be small. It's okay to be poor. It's okay to have no influence. And you see how that it always ends like the elder brother. Working for a kid. Complaining about fatted calf. When there's a whole kingdom. Alright. Number four. Very quickly. It says we communicate our motive with words. But God reads our heart for motive. Showing you the secrets of how to have successful petitioning and supplications. We can communicate. God, PD said, if my will aligns with your will, then you will do it. God says, yes, true. He's my son. I anointed him. I empowered him with my grace. Put my seal upon his life. Yes, he said so. Yes, I back it up. As far as he backed it up with scripture, say yes. Okay, I back it up. Say yes. Father, I need this armor jeep so that I can bring people to church. Is it not your will for people to come to church? First thing God says is that you first go and study my will first. Then you come back. Many of us think we can, we can, we can guilt God into doing our bidding. He doesn't just hear our words. We are the ones limited by words. He's, he's seen heart clearly. Seen heart clearly. You know when you're traveling through the airport and... They ask you, what's the weight of this bag? You say, it is 22.5 kg. You, you, you know that they won't just say, okay, and go. Go. Even if it's a small bag and it looks like nothing. Especially if you are 
among the people that have a repetition for carrying the load of life. If, <laughs> if you know what I mean by that. All right, so people know what I mean by that. But at some point, it comes on a scale. Hmm. It comes on a scale where true content is revealed. Not just what you said, but true content is revealed. Child of God, this motive matter. Look, look at Bathsheba's request. Really, look at it. Except you have a grace to discern motives. He was just asking for, I don't want to say something. Let me say, permit me to say someone. He was asking for someone that Solomon had no plan to interact with. Apart from the fact that Solomon heard what was not being said. And when we come in his presence, he doesn't just hear what you have written down as your prayer request. He hears your heart request. And he sees your motives. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. It says, this is Paul admonishing. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men, I leave the language of men, I graduate to the language of angels, and I do not have charity. Charity there is love. Now, let me just say this. We've said that God's nature is love. That is correct. Looking at my time now, I don't know if I should even go in this direction. But somebody needs to hear this. By nature, if you really want to know the, the stuff that God is made of, I don't know if I should go there. Help us, Spirit of the Lord. Okay. Let's, I'm waiting for us to begin to have moments in his presence where time is not an issue. And we'll just love upon our God and in his presence. Those times are coming very soon. Glory to God. But let me just say this. God's motive for every action is love. God's motive for every action is love. God's motive for every action is love. Everything he does, he does it because his motive is love. All right. May light break forth in your hearts in the name of Jesus. So he says, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He says, though I have the gift of prophecy. Remember, he's talking about a more excellent way. And I understand mysteries and all knowledge. He says, though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and I do not have love. He's saying, if my motive is faulty, I am still nothing. Hmm. Let's read verse 3. If they can put it on my screen. Verse 3. This is, this is instructive. He's saying that God can see beyond what you are saying. He, he, he knows your true motive. He knows the reason why you want that blessing. And so you just, you, just, you just make that post. See, God has done it. It sounds very nice. It sounds like he gives glory to God. But you know what you really mean. See, finally, they said God could not do it. Now God has done it. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Doesn't it look like it's giving glory to God? It says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be born, and I still do not have love, it profited me nothing. Why do all these things? The motive, the heart is wrong. Isaiah 29, verse 13. Let's begin to tie this up. Isaiah 29, verse 13. Isaiah 29, verse 13. It says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as these people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me. He's saying the words coming out from their mouth might look right. He says, but they have removed their heart. They have, they have, they have deep-seated bitterness, vindictiveness. They just want to use me to prove a point. 
It says their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. It says this is, this is human manipulation at work and it doesn't work here. In this kingdom, it's about the will of the Father. It's about his agenda for dominion. And now we find ourselves in his master plan and begin to do his bidding sincerely and genuinely for his glory. It's not about who said what, when they, you will never, you will, you see, it does, as far as Joseph's brothers were concerned, they lived in guilt, even up until the point that their father died, that they had to tell a lie. And Joseph, he said, you guys don't understand. You needed to play your part for me to become where I become. I don't need to come back and start flogging you and punishing you. I will risk losing my place. Because if I will not fulfill my destiny as a deliverer, I'm not useful to you. Then why am I prime minister? Why has the Lord blessed me if, 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 if I cannot show love and forgiveness? Um, see, God's blessing on your life is not to prove any point to... And God is already faithful. When we are long gone, he's still faithful. Before we came, he's still faithful. At the beginning, he's still faithful. At the end, he's still faithful. It's not your Instagram post. It's not your brand new house. It's not your new car. That will prove that God is faithful. God is faithful. Someone is saying, Pity, if my motive is wrong, what can I do? I'm looking at my prayer sometimes and I'm wondering, what is this really about? Sincerely, you go to the Holy Spirit. You say, Search my heart, purge me. And you come sincerely. My heart is not right. I'm still annoyed. My heart is not, is not right. They, look at what they said about me. I, 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 you see, you see, Father, heal this brokenness. Heal this brokenness. I want to, I want to be restored to your plan. This is no longer. I'm not tracking where I am. Tracking where they are. And say, yes, God has increased me. Ah, they increased too. God, you need to do more. Hey, hey. All right. Number five. We draw with joy, and we obtain true faith and patience. Don't worry, we'll build this down next week. I just want you to write this and begin to meditate on these words. We draw, we draw. Many, many young folks today don't know what whales are. You know, they read of whales in scriptures. Like, what, what is well? You're talking about a bank or well, well, what's well? All right, the company, well. <laughs> young kids don't know that. Once upon a time, if you wanted water, you dig. <laughs> you dig, you dig, and you have a fetcher. You have a fetcher. All right, and then when God bless you, if you don't tie your fetcher well, it drops there. It drops. Many people have dropped their joy. It, 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 it has dropped. It has dropped. So they come to a well spring, to a living fountain, but there's nothing to draw with. There's nothing to draw with. Back in the day, someone is saying, PD, did you ever fetch? Boy, you kidding me? When you, when, you, when you don't have a fetcher, you go look for old paint buckets. Some people know what I'm talking about. You anchor it well, glory to God, on hope. <laughs> and you release the thing. There's a way you manipulate it, you know, you don't want it to come back out full. And then you're pulling, you're pulling, you're pulling. It says through faith and through patience. And then it comes up, you pour. And then you go again, you dip. Some people are like, what's, what's that? What's he describing? Glory to God. Isaiah chapter, <laughs> pardon me. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. It says, therefore, with joy. Shall you draw water? It says your petitioning has to be with joy. Your supplications must be with thanksgiving. It says, when, see, when nothing comes out, don't say there is no water there. No, no, no. You check your fetcher. Don't say there is no... See, this is a living fountain you have come to. There is, there, it says from the wells of salvation. Hmm. 
Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 in the NLT. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says, then you will not become spiritually dull. My wife was watching a, a program where I think she, she just, I just walked in and she said, this person said, sister, something had become spiritually, maybe duns was what they used in that movie. You know, she's a big, and the kids, they're big Mount Zion fans. All right. So someone had become spiritually duns. I said, there's a scripture for it. <laughs> there's a scripture for it. It's possible to be spiritually dull. All right. I think they said duns, but duns and dull. You get the message. It says you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Why? It says instead, you will see examples. That is our Jehovah sharp, sharp mentality. It's a doctrine from hell. It says you will follow the example of those. Glory to God. Not the other example. There is an example of those who inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. Because of their faith and because of their patience. Number six. As we wrap up this evening, by God's grace, we pick it up next week. It says, while waiting, water the soil, don't uproot your seed. While waiting, water, remember, it says we, by, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. The response is not, and your request shall be granted. No, no, no. It says the peace of God will be released. So what do you do with that? While I am waiting. I'm getting stronger. While I'm waiting, I am, I am careful that I'm watering the soil there. Releasing words of life. Not uprooting and pulling up. PD said, it's, the, it's, the, it's not, even, not even PD. Okay, let's, let's take it up now. Pastor Matthew said, it's our year of plenty and progress. This is April. This is, this, this is April. And then you start using your words to pull up seeds that you've planted. Child of God. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10. It says, for as rain, this is instructive, for as rain cometh down and snow from heaven and it does not return but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud. It says that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. This is deep. But look at it. It says rain comes down. There is, there is need to, be, to, to, to ensure that your seed is well watered. Now your petitions are well garnished with words of life. Saying that this, this, this might be the picture today, but this is a temporary state. The, the permanent reality is the truth of God's word. True faith and patience, they obtain those who inherit God's promises. Glory to God. Glory to God. Scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. It says, let the barren do what? Sing, sing, O barren. It says, let the weak say, I am what? I am strong. Those are not you, it's... It is you releasing life. 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 Do not approach with your words. Do not pull up and say, God, where are you? Where are you? You see someone's Instagram post. Say, that looks like it. You're now zooming in. Zooming in. Is it the same car? Is it a new? Hey, enter into rest. Enter into rest. You're zooming in. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Ah, ah. Enter into rest. Release words of life. Release words of life. Father, thank you for what you are doing around me. I give you glory. You are a faithful God. You are a, I will testify. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful God. I trust that you've been blessed by the word this evening. Why don't you take a minute and say, Father, thank you because you are. I just want us to do one, one. Thank you, Father, because you are responsible for me.
You are responsible for me. You are, I need you to sink in. Your father is responsible for you. Let it, let it soak in. Your father is responsible for me. Any grateful people this evening, acknowledging that, yes, indeed, my father is responsible for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for, for the alignment of your will. Thank you because my will is dying further. My self-consciousness, my, my expectation of a kid, my, my glorious desire for the fatted calf. You are saying, come on, son. Come on, son. Everything, everything. It's it, everything. Everything. Thank you, gracious Father. Thank you because you are responsible for us. And on the strength of this conviction, we can come with our petitions, with our supplications, with thanksgiving. Thank you because the mold of anxiety and worry is broken in the lives of your children. We receive a freshness. For someone, it's as though you just took a breath of fresh air. We receive a breath from your presence, an experience of your peace like never before. I want to pray for you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't see, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, be very worried. Be anxious for everything. There is, it, see, it is destruction on earth and in eternity. I'm, I'm not threatening you. I'm not scaring you. But this is an invitation. You don't have to remain the way things are. There is much better. He says that in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. No matter how glam it looks, the, the end of it is destruction. He says, but I am come to give you life, to give you life abundantly. It is on this side that we don't have worries. It is on this side that though we are punched, though we are persecuted, though we are stabbed, we are still standing and rejoicing. Hey, that's beyond mental strength. That's beyond positive thinking. We found a life, and that life is only in Christ. I want to invite you to make the best decision of your life this evening. For some of you, it's the very first time. For some, you are doing this again. Because it's, it's, for you, it's just been about a supernatural way to get your selfish means. You've come to learn about the will of the Father. You're saying, Father, thank you for light. I am ready to go again with you. Father, for your sons and daughters under the sound of my voice, I ask that today will be a new day. That your spirit, your spirit will take over their beings. That the old nature is dead and gone. The new has come. As they acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, who died, who was buried, who was raised triumphantly in power and glory, that you will live in them and through them for your glory. Their lives will count for you. They will grow, go on to be giants in your kingdom, giving the Father glory. Thank you, Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. In, come on, come on, come on, wherever you are. If you can, jam, jam, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. 
God is doing amazing things in our midst, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.